joining me today. I am thrilled to have my friend Pete Everett with us today. Pete uh, is not only just one of the happiest guys I know uh, and very joyful every time I talk to him, but he also is an SEO master and I've learned a lot from him from being in a mastermind together and just observing just a lot of his content at large, but um, I'm hoping that from today's episode that anyone listening here today will as well. So Pete, thanks for joining us. Thanks Valerie, thanks for having me. And uh, I, I did, for a minute there, I was wondering whether you were still talking about me, SEO master, there we go. That's, <laughs> that's going on my uh, LinkedIn profile, SEO master. Yeah. The little SEO master, with Valerie, yes. Valerie Morris next to it. Hey, I'm happy, I'm happy to be underneath that quote to, let, to say <laughs> and vouch for that. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot from, from you about uh, SEO and you have a ton of experience in the industry. Um, maybe just, you know, clue everyone in that's listening just a little bit about your background with SEO and what you're involved in, uh, in the space right now. Cool. So um, I started working in agencies in the early 2000s, shortly after I got uh, left university. And my background was in web development. Uh, and there's an interesting thing with web developers that th there's only a small percentage of them are suitable to be put in front of a client, shall we say. Developers are a strange breed of people that, that like to be locked in a cupboard and uh, you throw projects in the cupboard and shut the door and then sooner or later they'll throw the project back out the door at you and expect to receive another one. And uh, I wasn't one of those. I was I just happen to be one of those people that I'm quite a personable person. I talk quite a bit <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so, so I kind of quite quickly ended up in management positions and, and that kind of thing in, in the agency world. I um, left and did my own freelance thing for three or four years and then got headhunted for a job in a, a large e-commerce agency. It's one of the largest agencies in the UK outside of, outside of London. And there was not put in charge of development, but was put in charge of their digital marketing team. So uh, I was the, the head of that department. And while I was there, we grew the, my, basically my job was to grow the retained revenue of the company. Uh, when I joined, the retained revenue was around about 15,000 a month. And when I left, we were up at about 80 odd thousand um sort of two and a half three years later so while while doing that that was all based around taking projects understanding clients looking at how we could service those clients on a monthly basis uh that's really where the seo piece came in along with some pay-per-click stuff and some marketing strategy putting together packages um and then managing the team in order to deliver those packages so that's um that's uh, yeah that that was kind of where it really really sort of kicked off um that was nearly 10 years ago and uh, after working there for two or three years two and a half three years I then set up my own agency here in the UK uh with very much a focus on that retained revenue on the whole thing is based on um yeah re retained revenue through SEO and pay-per-click contracts uh doing some uh, project work on the top on the top of that and then in 2020 April the 1st 2020 launched a white label SEO service to help other agencies deliver SEO to their clients as well so that's in a very very quick nutshell that's uh that's sort of where I've where I've been and what I've done I 
it's, it's interesting that you, like your experience is not just SEO, um, which, you know, you talk to some folks in that space. Um, and when it comes to SEO, a lot of people can sometimes have tunnel vision and that's all they have experience in, but you have this a little bit broader experience at, with digital marketing at large and working in some of these agencies. So you have this understanding of how SEO is impacting other aspects of digital marketing, which, which I really love. So, um, I also had to laugh about the, you know, lock them in the cupboard <laughs> kinds of personalities. It's, it's interesting because, um, both my brother and my husband are in like the data analytics space. My, my brother started off in, um, web design and computer science, uh, programming types of things. And, um, it's very interesting because now, you know, just by association, I've come across so many of those personalities where I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those people that like, they just, they don't really have an interest in, in uh, engaging with people. They just want to do their work and they're really good at it. And, um, but then there's other people who can really interface well with, with the clients. So. And, and you know, it's our businesses in our industry, they, they need people. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I, I, I didn't no. mean that sort of no, 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 I, no, no, no. wrong with somebody versus somebody else, but just that our industry needs, needs an engine. Our businesses need an engine. Mm -hmm. And those developers that can just sit in a room and code literally all day and then get up, you know, eat, sleep uh -huh. repeat, and, and do that day in, day out, they become the engine for the business. Yes. Um, the people that, and they're really good say, at it. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like they, there's these personalities that like they sit and they focus and they know exactly what to do, but they may not explain things as well as you might. No, no. And, and some, some of the decisions they make are, can be very, um, they're very logic based. There's certain things you can you can see where you can tell if something's been designed by a developer because it yeah. it make it won't be pretty, it won't be, but it'll be like uber functional, yeah. and uh, and you know that it's not always the easiest thing on the eye, and you can you can sort of tell where that is, and and that's you know. Uh, that, that, that's because they've essentially been given decision making at, at sort of above their pay grade or outside of their pay grade. And, yeah. and those people like that, as I say, they become the engine, they become the workhorse in, in our industry. And that's great. What they need is, though, people, uh, people who can understand what they need that can then liaise with the client as well. And there's that, that's where you start to narrow down this window of developers that can sit in front of clients that are presentable right. enough to put in front of clients, understand what the client needs, what the try client's trying to achieve, maybe even speak to a designer. I mean, whoa, God forbid they could speak to a designer and, uh, and you know, get, get some design inspiration. And that, that's all the stuff that you're throwing in through the door. So the client wants this, the design looks like that, just go make it happen come back and then they'll, they'll throw it back at you. And uh, that's, it, it's great to be able to have people that you can work with like that, knowing that you yeah. can literally give them something, trust them with it for a week or two weeks or however long, and that, you know, you're going to get a quality product coming back. Yeah. Well, and I love too, that your background has this uh, web developer side to it simply because the SEO work that you're doing is not going to be just focused on let's get you ranked number one, but let's get you ranked number one and do something that's going to be the right thing for your brand and your website. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that, that well-rounded perspective, I think is really neat. 
thank you thank you yeah, yeah. and you know tying uh, th there's there really is an importance with when, whenever anybody starts talking about seo you have to take it in context it's a bit like trying to understand uh, trying to figure out who the richest man in the world is who you know you go and find the richest man in your neighborhood but there'll, there'll be somebody somewhere else that's richer than him and there'll be somebody somewhere else that's richer than them and and so it goes on you you kind of need that context about so what does success look like for this client through this campaign and sometimes success is set by the, the keywords that they want to rank for and the, the amount of traffic that they can they can assume and from that amount of traffic the number of sales that they're gonna they're gonna assume other things though uh, other times the success is deemed by external factors or something maybe internal in the business that you know maybe they have a capacity and they can't they can't service more than x number of clients because their production line doesn't deal with it or whatever it might be so you need to when you start putting the picture together that this context together you can then start to engineer the pieces of the jigsaw that are going to are going to get them to that that place and you know these uh, there's a lot of services that you can find online a lot of agencies seem to sort of miss that piece it's just yeah we'll get you number one in google well firstly what for and secondly do I need or want to be number one in Google for that? Is that actually going to make a difference to me? Right. Um, and th that's really an important thing to understand. Yeah. What do you feel like is um, one of the biggest challenges right now with businesses and trying to rank for on Google? Like, you know, in this, this post COVID, if you will, world, uh, you know, where things are starting to get a little bit back together, but we kind of had that major disruption two years ago. What are you seeing now? So because of COVID, lots of high street businesses have had to find ways of operating online. And, um, you know, that that can be from even your local coffee shop that maybe couldn't have people sit inside but wanted to serve takeaway coffee, but couldn't have a queue outside. So they needed to put an online booking system in place so you can order right. online, book your time slot and then and then go and, you know, pick up your coffee. Um, what that's meant is that Whereas before SEO was very much around either purely online based businesses or service based businesses so that they could be found. You now have this groundswell of high street businesses that are also starting to have these conversations, but they don't necessarily have the same budget. Mm. And uh, certain things have started to become, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that SEO needs to be expensive. But there is a misnomer that SEO is free, that ranking in Google is free. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, you pay to be in the search engines. You either pay by paying Google for ads to appear at the top, or you pay in terms of time and effort to get right. your, your website ranking on the page underneath those ads. Um, and how, how you achieve that then means certain things have maybe become a little bit more commoditized. Is that a word? <laughs> become a bit more of a commodity uh, yeah. versus uh yeah versus other things which which just get kind of get swept under the carpet there's always been a need to try and get seo to work quickly for you and the reality is that you're playing a game where the rules are set by google and bing and places mm -hmm. like that and, and ultimately you're trying to play a game in the rules and those rules aren't always fast um yeah so yeah they're, they're the biggest challenges we're coming across at the moment i think <laughs> um, if you were to talk to somebody who is pretty brand new, I was talking to somebody this last week who um, they, they really are starting with a blank slate. 
mm-hmm. brand new business. What advice would you give somebody who is just starting off and wants to get their business on a good, maybe they're not ready to stress about ranking for number one yet, mm-hmm. but they want to do things that are going to help them for the long run. What would you tell them? So the first thing is always to make sure that your foundation's good and your foundation's clean and that it that that's operating within the rules. So if that's that you've got a WordPress site somewhere, or even if you haven't got a WordPress site and you're, you're basing it on like a Wix site or a page builder site somewhere else, yeah. just make sure that your structure's clean, that your your messaging is is good, that that you know when people get to your site, it's obvious for them to convert into whatever it is you want them to convert into, be it a, you know fill out an inquiry form or purchase a product, whatever it might be. Right. So that's that's the first thing. The second thing is don't try and don't try and sort of go and look at the biggest person in your space and try and compete with them because it, it ain't going to happen yeah in the short immediately term. yeah immediately no so go and go and pick your battles so having some understanding of your keywords the keywords that would help for your business so I, when I'm talking to clients, I have this bit of a ridiculous example, but you you want to rank for keywords that your customers are going to type into Google. So if you mm. sell tables, this is the example I sell to clients, and it kind yeah. of gets the point across. If you sell tables, you know, you know it's a table, I know it's a table, maybe you manufacture the tables, we all call them tables, but your customer calls them a panda, you need to rank for panda. Yes. I know that's absurd, but right. you've you got to rank in the language that they are they are uh, the keywords that they are uh, using so go and uh, if you can understand what they are uh, and start to focus on half a dozen of those first right that, mm-hmm. that's all low volume low competition but get some traction you can then celebrate when you get those onto page one brilliant yeah. you've got six keywords on page one fantastic right now we're going to go and add another six but those six are going to be a little bit more competitive and a little mm-hmm. bit more, uh, a little bit more of a challenge. We might need to add a page or two to your website in order to do it. We might need some some extra blogs, whatever it might be. Go and get that done. Yeah. So that's that's the second thing I do. And then the third tip, I'll give you the top three. The third yeah. tip is <laughs> go and make sure you. Yeah, I won't. I won't keep on going. This this won't be like an hour and a half. You know, <laughs> point fifty seven is. No, it's uh, this is <laughs> this is really like you're giving really great like at very applicable information. And I know because I've talked to so many new businesses that what you're saying right now, like if you're new to business, like pay attention, take notes to what Pete's saying. (laughs) (laughs) So the third thing to go and do is go and uh, set up your Google business profile. Used to be called Google My Business, now called Google Business Profile. Make sure that all of your... um, Make sure that all of your uh, core information is correct, your opening hours, your contact information, the areas that you, there's a thing called service areas. This thing's really key. I had a client this week that wanted to know why he wasn't getting inquiries from London. And when we looked into his uh, Google business profile, he only declared Bristol and Birmingham as the two places that he did business. It's like, well, Mm. you're telling telling Google you only work over there. So why would they show you here? Right. Um, Go and make sure all of that's set up correctly. And then, and this is the bit that people don't do, when you then generate content on your website, so that might be a new product line, it might be a new service page, it might be a new blog post, whatever, go and post that on your, you can add posts to your Google business profile, go and set a post on your business profile of a link to to that page, and that will 
you're essentially spoon feeding Google then to say, hey, I've just created a new piece of content and here right. it is. Yeah. And, um, and get into the habit of posting stuff. Nobody in their right mind will actually go and read a link off your Google business profile posts. They, they just don't. It's it just for Google. It's just for Google. Uh, and while I'm talking about business profile, if you can get some customers to leave you some reviews, that's always going to help as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. Okay, so that was actually like four little tips there. Yeah, a little bonus reviews. one in at the end. Yeah, and bonus one. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Um, I actually was was talking to somebody two days ago, and um, we were talking about their competitors, and we just we went over to Google and we looked, and I and we were saying, all right, this carpet cleaning company has 268 five-star reviews. This other one has 40 and they're a mix of four and five-star. Either way, if somebody's looking in your area and you both show up on that top page, which one do you think people are going to call, you know? And so, um, you know, getting those reviews, it's, it's helpful on multiple levels, but it sounds like there's an extra little boost that can help here for Google as well. Absolutely. So, but a lot of this stuff is habitual. So if you can figure out a way of, of encouraging your clients to give you a review on Google. So that, that might be that, you know, if you've run the coffee shop example, it might be, it might be as simple as putting a little sticker on the cup that says, enjoyed this coffee. Why not give us a review on Google, right. for example? Or it could be if you're an e-commerce shop or a service business, sending somebody an email when that product has been delivered, I don't know, five days after delivery to say, you know, how are you getting on with the product? Is there anything we can help with? If you're enjoying it, please go and give us a, a review on Google and click, uh, click through that way. Um, we went on a skiing holiday in February and my kids went into ski school and the ski school is basically done through freelance freelance instructors okay and the instructor at the end of the lesson said to us you know the the, the kids have done absolutely great that we've been down this run that run the other one we're working on this uh i've absolutely loved working with them and i'd really like it if you leave me a google review so even a freelance ski instructor mm -hmm. was looking for google reviews and i went and did it i i, I you know i went and did it yeah. uh so the you know it just however you can it, if you can make it feel natural, if you if it's just something that you go and do, then the reality is, some of your customers will then go and leave will then go and leave those reviews. Right. And uh, whereas if you never ask, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right. So. Yeah. Um. One of my friends here, he actually lives here in Colorado, but um, he's uh big into YouTube and he mm -hmm. has a book and all this and. And I'd, I can't remember if it was specifically around reviews or if it was just like to go buy his book. Um, but it, he, he has two giant quintessential poodles. I mean, it's just like so bizarre. Like you, you wouldn't expect this guy to have poodles, but he has poodles. And he had his poodles in a photo shoot with him. And so there's this picture of like him and his poodles and it's this really cool photo. And he's like, you know, do this and help feed a poodle. And I just thought, wow, like that's so fun. Of course, I'm going to go leave a review if somebody leaves like some sort of, you know, personalized connection as to like, hey, this, this review actually does help, you know? Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um, get creative and have fun with it. And yeah, definitely. Know, if you have poodles, leverage those poodles. Lever leverage. <laughs> 
Leverage the poodle. There's a sentence I didn't think I'd say today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, so, you know, on this podcast, we're always talking about, um, you know, how we can help move the needle, move a brand towards its next marketing win. Um, I'm curious if you have any specific advice that you would give to somebody around how they can uh, move their brand towards that next marketing win. So uh, there's there's a number of things I could say here. Uh, if if I was talking about, you from, can keep from, it. If, you can do more than well, one if you want. <laughs> okay. Well, if if I was going for more of the, if I was going for the the SEO, uh, carry on the SEO theme that we've been talking about. Yeah. It would be about under, make sure you understand your customer, make sure that you set that context for what for what success looks like and you can you can you can you know you can always revise what that looks like when you hit that goal when you when you get there but putting it into manageable chunks is a really key thing to keep you motivated to keep you know to keep your team motivated to give you targets also it's important that you celebrate those wins as you get there you know it's you if you set something that's a ridiculous goal it's not to say you won't get there in the future but you're you're just putting putting off that celebration um so uh, gary v said once um uh, in one of the books i was i was well listening that he wrote was that you know so many entrepreneurs get hooked on this idea of being a millionaire that they forget about the journey from getting where they are to the millionaire and and you've got to celebrate that journey whatever you think about gary v um but that's you know i i firmly believe in that mentality you know get there uh, get there in stepping stones rather than trying to get there in giant leaps because you the giant leaps you've got more room for failure um so uh, yeah setting that up understanding your customer uh all of those kind of things they're, they're really do you, do you have any tips for for somebody to understand their customer best what do you when you're when a client comes to you and doesn't quite understand their customer what do you tell them to go do so we have a uh, we we walk through a process to try and understand that the work we call it a customer avatar. So the yeah. you know where, where you you actually personify what your ideal customer may look like. In in my business, to flesh this out as an example, I suppose in my business we have three customer avatars. Um, so one of those is a. Um, is a marketing manager at, at an educational institution. So our, my agency does work a lot with like universities and co- private colleges here in the UK. Yeah. And so, so one of our avatars is to work with the marketing managers there. If we can make the marketing manager at a university look good, we're basically, that, that, that's our sweet spot. We're then sure. in for the long haul with that, with that university. So that avatar has a name. She's called Jane. She's got an age. She's between 36 and 42. She's got one kid, maybe another on the way. We don't know. She's in a, she's married. She's, you know, been with her partner for 10 years. She's, um, she works, she lives in a, uh, we call them semi-detached house, a kind of uh, entry-level suburban house. Yeah. And, her, you know, her family aspiration is to move up into a, a nice detached somewhere, maybe a bit further out of the city. And so uh, all of that maybe yeah. sounds like, uh, sort of a load of you're getting really work. specific right but but yeah it, this is all about helping understand who the Janes of this world are because then we can focus our marketing on it it gives steer to our seo to the keywords we're wanting to rank for it it helps us with 
the the little the little communications we have with clients how we how we process them through our onboarding funnel how we write our proposals all of that kind of stuff is then reflected in in just the way we operate as a company which makes us resonate a lot easier with how that that customer works yeah and as i said we have three of these so it's not like you're not limiting yourself to a single avatar you don't have to do that but to to have these focused points of okay so this is who we attract this is how we deal with them this is how we communicate with them and this is this is how we serve them and if you know by focusing that way you um you can get rid of a load of the noise and a load of the, the crap around the outside that yeah. uh, that just gets in the way of of that focus so that that that's essentially how we do it that's great that's wonderful all right did you have another uh, no, 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 it's fine. The final thing I was going to say was that, uh, you know, uh, is to quantify some of this stuff. I, mm -hmm. maybe this is just because I'm a numbers guy. Uh, I, I work with data. It, it, it never lies. Um, it also helps take some of the emotion out of running a business because the, the hardest business to advise on is always your own. Yeah. So try and try and get the the data to make decisions for you that you know it so uh the number of companies we work with where they they might keep you know inquiries on a list in the office and then somebody might ring them back if they have some time on a thursday afternoon or whatever it might be that's not that's not a quantifiable way of running a business so no. have the systems in place there's there's hundreds of pieces of software be them free be it you know, Google Sheets or something like that. Just have a process in place where you can quantify this stuff. And as the business owner, you can very easily get a an overview as to how the business is going, how many leads you've got coming through, you know, where they are in your propose your quote process, how many cups of coffee you sold last week, whatever it might be. Yeah. Have the numbers so that and and look at them at least every week so that you are never a million miles away from a celebration if things are going well but you're also never a million miles away from course correcting if something starts drifting a little bit that would be my my sort of take i love on. it i love that celebrating or course correcting <laughs> uh well thank you pete for sharing all this amazing wisdom just about your i mean obviously you've got an extensive experience with seo but i know and I've been able to see it here in this conversation, just larger business experience as well. So thank you. Um, if people want to learn more or get more from you, where can they go? So um, the, the easiest place to find me is uh, on, well, probably on Facebook or LinkedIn. I have profiles on, on both of those. Um, my SEO company is called SEO Hive. You can form there, seohive.co. Um, and my agency is uh, called So. Um, it's based in the UK, but I, to, to be honest, we have, we, we have some staff members that monitor that one. So maybe, maybe don't go that way to find me. <laughs> I, I also have good. a podcast at Retain FM. So if you want to, if you want to Google Retain FM, you'll find me that way too. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thanks, Pete. Thanks for joining us, and thanks for sharing such amazing wisdom today. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. If you liked what you just heard, please hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a review. That not only helps us out, but it helps others discover great interviews just like this one.